welcome to Silk Digital Marketing Mastery, your go-to podcast for elevating your digital marketing success as a female business owner. I'm your host, Sam, founder of Silk Digital, with over six years of experience working with clients from startups to established brands. Each week, my guests and I will provide insider knowledge and expert guidance on social media, email marketing, digital advertising, and more. On this show, you can expect to learn how to create irresistible marketing messages that connect with your dream customers, establish an unbreakable brand identity that they can't help but trust, and develop a holistic approach to your marketing that supports your business goals. I know that as a female entrepreneur, you face unique challenges when it comes to building your brand and growing your business. That's why I'm here to provide you with the tools, strategies, and insights you need to take control of your marketing and achieve your goals. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, this podcast is for you. Get ready to learn, be inspired, and take your digital marketing game to the next level. Hello, and welcome back to the Silk Digital Marketing Mastery Podcast. I'm back again with another solo episode. And today I wanted to give you a recap on a seminar, I guess you could call it, that I went to last week. So Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk, if you're not familiar with who Gary V is, was brought to Australia and was doing like a mini tour, I guess you could call it, by Ethan Donati. And the seminar was called Mindset Matters. So basically they had the headliner as Gary V, which would have got, you know, everybody's attention and pretty much everybody that was there for Gary V. We had no idea who the other speakers were and what the program or day kind of looked like. It was a full day from nine till uh, five. And it was uh, kind of when I think back, I'm like, it makes sense. Not that it was a scam or anything, but it just totally makes sense for them to have Gary V on at the end of the day to keep everybody there in the lead up. And so when I got there, I just went there by myself. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just do something for me. I feel like this is going to be helpful with business. It'd be so interesting to see Gary V talk live. And, you know, I was giving it the benefit of the doubt in regards to the stuff that we're going to hear from Gary is going to be things that, you know, we might not essentially hear a lot of or in so much detail and depth for free on, you know, the content that he's always sharing. So I got there and we were waiting to go in and I overheard this lady who then actually come up to me not long after and was saying that Gary wasn't going to be on until like 4, 4.30 that afternoon. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not surprised, but also, damn it. Like, I, not that I didn't want to sit there all day, but I had no idea who the other speakers were, which can be a bit concerning and kind of red flags for me that we had no idea about this schedule before the whole day. Anywho, went in and I've got my notebook here. I took heaps and heaps of notes during the whole day because I feel like that's how you're going to get, you know, things out of it. So we kicked off the day with Cherie Elstein. She was not so much big on mindset. I mean, to an extent, I guess it was mindset related, but um, she really spoke about how you can pretty much monetize anything in this day and age and the difference between the new economy, which is the new world today versus the old economy, you know, which is how we used to do things, whether that's business, um, schooling, 
all of those traditional kind of aspects and how it's so different today, which I found quite empowering in a way. And, you know, it is fact. So obviously compensation ethics have changed. And what really landed with me in a note that I took down is that she mentioned that security is actually being in control of your own, I guess, marketing or your own world. So not just relying on a salary that, you know, you get a what, two, 5% increase every couple of years. Being in control is having the power to go out and, you know, work hard or, or find ways to make more money and really have control and security in, in that because you could show up to work and lose your job, you know, tomorrow. But having and being in control and, and having that awareness that you can control it when you have your own business is really powerful. And so she provided like, uh, was it four strategies to pretty much make a million dollar business, which was pretty crazy. But one thing also in relation to, I guess, how business works in this day and age versus the old way is the value versus price war. So the old way of doing business is you're competing on price. You know, you're pretty much matching what your competitors are selling, whether that's, you know, you're a mechanic and the mechanic down the road is offering this per hour, you're doing the same or you're doing it cheaper. Whereas the new way now is we fight on a value, we build a value ladder. So what that means is it's not so much the cost of what you're selling or offering, it's actually the value that you are giving your customer or your client that is really what is going to make you different from your competitors or make you stand out from anybody else in your industry. This is also something that really related and resonated with me because I kind of preach this on social media is when you're selling your product or service, we're not selling the features and benefits because nobody gives a shit about that. Nobody cares that you've got a product that has these fancy ingredients that, you know, the everyday person doesn't even know what that is. They want to know the outcome and the result and the benefit that this product or your service has on them and how it can transform their life. So hearing her speak on that was just, I guess, more reassurance and really pushes the point for me and what I need to communicate with my audience myself, as well as educating um, any anybody else that's kind of consuming my content on. I really liked one thing she mentioned was free things give them the chance to test drive you. So offering something for free, whether that's like a masterclass or an ebook, even testing the product, if you have samples of the product, that free thing gives them the chance to test drive you just like you would test drive a car before you buy it. Having something for free really just helps your customers and potential customers and clients to um, get a taste for what they could get if they actually invest. She was also quite big on Facebook ads and social media advertising, which is amazing because I also agree with that. And it just reiterates, obviously, that the more people that you are putting your business in front of, the more chance of success you have. So for a lot of people in the room, 
And this was kind of brought to my attention for the next speaker. But there are many business owners within the room and a very small percentage of them were running social media ads. So that again, just shows that there is huge opportunity for that. And, and potentially a lot of your competitors are not even utilizing running ads. So for you, I think that just is a bit of a telltale sign that it's time to jump in and give it a go because as I said, it's a way to get your brand in front of a lot more people. And the more people that your brand is in front of, the more likely and more chances you have of success. So rather than just doing one-on-one calls with everybody all the time, I mean, this is an analogy, but yeah, rather than, you know, having to sell to one person over and over again, like a thousand times, imagine being able to just sell to a thousand people at once, which is essentially what your ads are going to do. And it's also something to remember with your ads is back to that control piece where you actually have more control over your paid ads and and running paid ads yourself or, you know, outsourcing that. But essentially with your organic content, you're not in control of who is actually seeing it. So to be spending a lot of time, money and effort into your content and expecting a return is like, it is silly because as I said, you're not being able to have control, which means you're not being able to target specific people within your audience. It's just like throwing up a billboard and hoping that somebody will drive past it and it'll resonate with them, which is the same with your organic organic content. Another reminder that she also shared and I've just written down is go to the complaint section within your industry. What is frustrating people? Because if you can figure that out and you know what their frustrations are, then you're able to create something or tailor your services or products to meet that frustration. She used the example of Uber. So what annoyed people about taxis before Uber was invented? People didn't know how much their fare was going to cost them before they got into the taxi. You know, they might not have known how long it's going to take them to get to the certain destination. And, you know, you're having to have, if you're overseas or you're traveling a lot, different currencies or just always making sure that you have to have cash in your purse. But then again, not knowing how much cash you're needing. So in saying that, Uber then come up with Uber basically have taken all the frustrations of what pretty much everybody has with taxis and then created a solution for that. So you wouldn't have to, I'm not saying you have to like completely reinvent and come up with something new, but even with your current business and where you're at, what are some things that are frustrating people in your industry and how can you then create something within your business that services and creates a solution for those frustrations? We then heard from the guy that was promoting the whole event, Ethan, and he is very much into funnels and social media advertising, which again, a lot of what he was saying, I agree to to an extent. However, I think it's interesting. There's one thing I noticed throughout the day and with a variety of speakers that they had is there were a lot of people that tend to, tend to contradict each other. So some of the speakers would say one thing and have one point of view and then somebody else would have a completely opposite point of view, which, I mean, is what it's like in life anyway. But I think... I mean, it's take what you will from the speakers and somebody might resonate with you strongly more than someone else. 
But for me, if I was running an event like that, I would kind of want all my speakers to be on the same page, especially if I'd created an event and I was speaking at the event and I then paid other speakers to basically combust and contradict everything that I was saying and selling. So that was an interesting take from the day. And I guess that's like anything, you know, any content you consume online or anything you read or watch, whatever it is, always take it with a grain of salt and sort of take what you feel is relevant and resonates with you because obviously everybody has their point of view and somebody will see, you know, one way of working and that's what's worked for them and vice versa. But one interesting thing that I just mentioned before was he asked if there was anybody in the room out of like 2000 people that were business owners that were running ads and spending a minimum of $1,000 a month. There was like probably a handful of people that raised their hand and not to say that this audience wasn't an engaged audience because people were definitely answering and responding honestly. So as I said before, I feel like that was a huge eye-opening thing for myself, even for somebody that offers paid ads as a service to really see that there are so many brands not taking opportunity in the paid space, which then is obviously something that we can, which leaves huge opportunity for so many brands to take up that space and, you know, target their audience and utilize paid ads to actually see a significant result in their business because it does still work. But in this day and age, and this is something Ethan touched on, and I'm just looking over my notes here, is people do want that instant gratification. They want that viral video and they want their business to blow up overnight. But the thing is with that is one, they don't have the things in place to be able to sustain those results. And I feel like in business, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You are going to be forever on this journey. So one, why are you rushing it? Just hoping for a quick win or overnight success And two, things take time, especially when it comes to running paid ads. It is not something that is an instant. And and don't get me wrong, there can be times where it does blow up in a good way. But majority of the time, it requires a strategy and having a plan in place that you're following sort of step by step to then get to your, you know, first checkpoint or your first goal and then keep going. It's not just like we get to the destination, we get to the goal, that's it. You have to remind yourself that being in business, it's an ongoing journey and people just don't want to put in the work sometimes, and especially with the digital age, which is upsetting in a way because people have these high expectations, but then in the same regard, those people that get let down because they're not willing to put in the work, then kind of create space because they give up, they move on. They've created space for more people that do want to put in the work and do want to, you know, follow and enjoy the journey. And I'm kind of getting off topic here. But <laughs> he said this quote, become the uncommon amongst the common, I think. Well, I think he said become the uncommon amongst the uncommon, which didn't make sense to me. So I sort of changed it up, which just means like do something that's, you know, the 1% of what somebody else isn't doing because, that's what's really going to make you stand out. And this is where he contradicted the previous speaker where he said people don't take free seriously. So if you're offering something for free, people aren't going to, whether it's like maybe a course or a video or an ebook or whatever it might be, something for free, a free trial even for you know your gym membership, 
people don't take that seriously. Whereas if they have to commit to it financially, even if it's just a once-off payment, they're likely to more, more so take it more seriously because they're having to invest in it. He also spoke on organic and paid ads. So organic versus paid, which he was very much anti-organic. And it's always interesting for me to hear people's different point of views, especially if they are not the same as mine. And while I'm, I am, I paid to go to this thing and I'm, so I'm going to sit there and listen. I don't agree with that outlook. I think organic is very much important and it's just about how you utilize organic and paid together because that at the end of the day is going to create a much long-term sustainable successful brand versus just putting out ads all the time with you know no posts organically or just no strategy like just running ads alone isn't a strategy it may have been five ten years ago but it's it's no longer I did like his point he mentioned when you're running ads or, I mean, this can be applied to any sort of marketing, but don't give theory, give proof. So, you know, the proof is in the pudding with results, whether that's through, um, you know, testimonials or case studies, reviews or actual proof of whether it's money you're making or whatever that might be. But showing proof is going to, I guess, help really create that trust with your audience. One thing I was really disappointed with for this was I had looked when I actually got targeted an ad for this day, this the Mindset Matters seminar. And when I clicked through to the landing page, it had mentioned that they would be discussions on neuromarketing, which is like, I guess, behavioral marketing. And for me, that was something that was like, that's a real interest of mine. And he barely spoke on it. I think whether or not it was a little too far out of, and this is no shade to the people that were there, but for me being actually a marketing expert and knowing a lot about marketing, they were really touching on the bare basics with marketing. So I wonder if that would have been a bit too complex. I don't know. I'm just I'm just guessing here, but I was really disappointed in that because that was something that I was looking forward to hearing a lot about. But anyway, I can do my own research on neuromarketing. And I think it's something, if you are interested in that, it's all about consumer behavior and psychology and really, and this is kind of what got me into marketing myself. Again, off topic here, but marketing is a very much a psychological thing and psychology and business, I feel, come together and they have a baby and it's marketing. So I I enjoyed studying business and psychology at school and it kind of just really makes sense now why I got into marketing specifically. Anyway, back on to the subject of the day. He spoke on having, you know, being in, I guess, a consumer's long-term memory. That is sales, really. I wrote that down. I really don't know exactly if that's what it means, but I guess my interpretation of that now is... If you are at the top of mind or, you know, you're, you're ingrained in somebody's brain, really, if they say need a product or service that's related to your business, then you're the one that they're going to think of. It's like when, I mean, we don't do it as much here in Australia, but their tissue Kleenex example where in America, for example, they don't refer to as tissues, they more are likely to say can I have a Kleenex or do you have a Kleenex? So that's really where the 
brand awareness recognition falls into the long-term memory. Another one I suppose you could use as an example as, I mean, hit and miss, but we don't often always say soft drink, it'd be like, can I have a Coke? Um, Even though you might want a Pepsi, but you're linking Coke to soft drink and you're using that interchangeably. So that's where, again, building that brand recognition, brand awareness, and just that can be done through organic content, through ads, through emails. It all, it just, it all adds up in the consumer's mind. Again, reiterating that, you know, it's all about the value for the customer and consumer. So they don't care about you. They want to know how your thing or you can help them transform them, their life or improve their life. So rather than, yeah, just focusing on you all the time. He kind of just went over how much money big brands spend on their marketing. So for example, Apple, they spend around $1.8 billion on marketing a year, which is huge. So obviously if it doesn't work, they wouldn't be spending all that money. So if you were a skeptic on marketing and the importance of running ads or investing in good content, quality branding, then I'd probably rethink being a business to begin with because those things are really the pillars to a successful brand, which is why big brands, big companies, and those businesses that do succeed, they have all those things in place. They do market. So I don't know. I I just kind of get a bit, not frustrated, but it's just silly if you're not taking your marketing seriously, because especially if you have the goals of becoming a successful business, it's not going to happen by just having a great product because if nobody knows about your product or service, then you really don't have a business, period. And so one of the points he said was it's selfish to not market. Like it's your duty and obligation. If you feel like you've got something that's going to help somebody improve their life, then why would you not want to communicate that through marketing? You'll spend all this money on having a great product and a great service, but then you let yourself down by not actually marketing it. And I really resonated with with that point that he made. Now, he then went into talking about funnels and the approach is, you know, selling to many at once, which I definitely agree with um, rather than, you know, having to sell one-on-one, as I mentioned before. So you would sell one-to-many and you would fulfill one-on-one, which is more so saying that, yes, just because you're selling to heaps of people doesn't mean that you have to then fulfill the work in a big group that makes sense. It's more so you're just trying to get as many people in, you're just trying to get your product in front of as many people as possible and then sell them. And then once they're in, you execute and fulfill one-on-one. I think to another important aspect is upselling. So a lot of brands do forget about that and they do miss that opportunity because it's no new thing. Because we all know that the cost of getting a new customer is way higher than just, you know, upselling or keeping a new one. So look at ways in your business that you can upsell, whether that's at checkout or whether that's through, you know, offering them a different solution or service. I do think that it's easy to just think, oh, they only just want this one service or this one product. But how do you offer them something else that's going to really help even improve the current product that they're purchasing, you know? For example, this is a terrible example, but I mean, when we worked in retail, it would be you're selling a pair of sneakers. Well, they might want a new pair of socks to go with them. They You can't really wear sneakers without socks. So at least ask an offer because without asking, you're not going to, to know. And what's the worst they can say? No. 
But what's the best thing they can say? Yes. And then you've just upsold a pair of $10 socks. So looking at ways. And if you're a business that is predominantly e-commerce, obviously you can get apps and things through Shopify that help with upselling at the checkout, which can be really helpful. And honestly, you'll be surprised how many people do just click yes and think, okay, why not? It's this much. What's another $5? And it might get them over the free shipping threshold. So they're going to spend the money. Don't be afraid to ask. Something else I am going to probably do a separate piece of content on, whether that's a podcast episode or just some some posts on social, but with ads too, I think it's important to reframe how we look at them. And it's not so much, as I said, a strategy for just ads is, you don't, that's not a strategy. It doesn't work anymore. But looking at ads in a way that what is the lifetime value of customer, our ads are going to say, generate new customers, get our brand in front of new customers. And then if they become repeat customers, in reality, that ad has contributed to it, even though in you know two months time, they've purchased again directly through the website and not through the ads, we can still attribute the original ad from two months ago has contributed to this purchase again, because they wouldn't have known your brand existed without seeing that ad. So again, like we don't want to focus on trying to break even right at the start, right with our ads, because that is not how ads function in a marketing strategy anymore. I do, yeah, just I, I'm going to do another episode on that because I feel like that's really important to understand. And, and I don't really hear many people talking about that currently. So this hearing that at the seminar was a really good reminder for me and um, something that I want to share with you. Again, he mentioned similar to the lady before, you don't want to compete on price and yet marketing is wanting is all about education. You're not just focusing on when it comes to like your demographic, when people talk about their target audience, it's not just your age and gender location. Again, I think people get that confused too, especially when I am talking to businesses and asking them who their target audience is. They get caught up on the demographics. We want to look at the psychographics. Psychographics are more personalized characteristics of that person within your target audience. And so often something that is not using marketing and something that I'm really focusing on for my clients is looking at the psychographics and how we can then message to the psychographics of our target audience and not just targeting them by age, lo- age, location, and gender. That kind of wrapped up, Ethan. It was interesting. But yeah, like I said, the funnel stuff is what I agree with, but I just didn't agree with how we mentioned that, you know, pretty much adds the, the end all, be all and end all. We then heard from Philip or Phil Nor- Norsworthy, I think his name was. He started off, he's like, write this down. And me reading it again now, I'm like, wow, it's so powerful. He said, I will never go professionally where I'm afraid to go personally. And he was huge on mindset. So if you're not here for any mindset stuff, then maybe fast forward because this gets quite deep. But he was he was a really great speaker just overall in terms of, I would look him up if I was you, Phil, Phil Noseworthy, Norsworthy, I think. Anyway, he was really engaging, high energy, but not the high energy where you're like, oh, calm down, bro. It was just like, he's a good guy. And he worked or has done some like leadership stuff with huge brands such as like Microsoft, Xbox, AFL. Um, And so, yeah, he very much knows his shit. But he, it was just a lot of, yeah, again, mindset stuff. So, you know, 
asking myself powerful questions because the power is in the questions. So, you know, for example, and you could take these away and use these as journal prompts yourself, but he said, what would it take for me to do the best work of my life? So certain things am I holding myself back from doing the best work? He mentioned that, you know, people want tips and tricks or people are giving tips and tricks, but that's really just the icing on an empty cake. You know, there's nothing underneath there. There's no value. Again, all back on value, isn't it? So rather than just giving people all the tips and tricks, what more can you give them that's a lot deeper, that's really like creates a cake, not just the icing on the cake. He said talent just isn't enough. So yes, you could be the best, the most attractive Instagram model or influencer or, you know, the best football player, whatever it might be, but you need context. And something that I feel is really big and I've learned started to realize this even um, in the last couple of months since having this realization is you can have all the potential in the world, but unless you surround yourself around people to enable, support you, it doesn't mean anything. And I think in Australia especially, we have terrible tall poppy syndrome and people just don't want to see you succeed or do better than them because it makes them feel shitty about themselves. And I think that's where this is really important to remind yourself and remember that, yeah, unless you're supported and you have people around you that are positive and that really do uplift you and not say the right things, but just aren't negative and bringing you down, then yeah, I truly think that you are going to struggle to see success because you'll be always questioning and worried about what they're going to say and what other people are going to think, um, especially if they're feeling miserable in their own life. And I think that same goes with, and this was mentioned throughout Phil's talk and also Gary's talk, but how can when they're getting negative comments or somebody says something nasty about them. Actually, no, it wasn't Phil's talk. I jumped the gun here. We also heard from Trent Cochin. He spoke too. And yeah, he was talking also about the negative feedback and comments and stuff he gets in the media online. And he just said like a lot of the time people that are or do have something negative to say, they feel more empathy for that person because it's a sad life that they're having feeling the need that they have to comment something nasty or negative on somebody else's page to bring them down. So it also says a lot about the person doing it than you. I shared this on my, I think I must have shared it on Instagram stories actually, a few of his quotes and things. But you know, you can have a degree, right? You can go to uni and get a degree, but then what are you doing with it? He was talking heavily about knowledge and really emphasizing that you can continue to learn as much as you want, but really action is what is going to be impactful because we often get, we often procrastinate thinking we have to learn more. We we don't know enough in order to be better, which yes, learning, I think is learning comes from also action as well. If something doesn't work out, you learn from it. It's like you have all this knowledge, but how are you actually using it? He also spoke a lot about, you know, your mobile and things being a distraction and because it's comforting, we often look for comfort, especially if we are feeling maybe under the pump. We tend to look at our phones for that, yeah, automatic instant comfort. And so he sort of spoke on really creating space to do nothing and that's where the great ideas come in. And while he was, you know, talking about this, you know, it's like when you have a shower, you tend to have like these great ideas because you really don't have any other distractions in place. 
um, or in the way. So really make time for being bored because new ideas need the space. And he said the, the idea is just waiting for you to slow down, which was a good reminder for myself to make sure I'm prioritizing rest. And yeah, again, just so much on the knowledge acquisition isn't growth if it's not practice and knowledge doesn't take you far if you don't do anything with it. So I really enjoyed his talk and yeah, just like he said, you know, people tend to get what they go for. So work out what you want and keep working on things to get there. Then we finally heard from Gary V at 3.30 in the afternoon. So this is where it gets interesting because I really think it could have been a much better talk by Gary. He was interviewed by Ethan and I mean, no shade to Ethan, it would be a very intimidating and nerve-wracking thing to interview Gary Vee, especially in front of thousands of people. So I do just feel like we weren't really getting questions that were deep enough or questions that we didn't already kind of know the answer. Not that we didn't know the answer to because it was interesting to still hear Gary's perspective, but a lot of it was repetitive stuff that Gary, you hear him talk about everywhere. It wasn't really anything new. And that was, I guess, my fear for the day. So yeah, it was a bit of a letdown in a way. But Gary really spoke about LinkedIn content, especially if you're in a B2B business, posting on LinkedIn. I think he's been a LinkedIn guy for a long time. It makes me wonder, does he have any, I don't know, this is always bad. I'm always questioning everything. But it makes me wonder, does he have some sort of financial gain in LinkedIn? Is he invested in LinkedIn? I don't know but he was really pushing LinkedIn today. I really liked that he mentioned, you know, if you're not good at something, you shouldn't be compensated for it, which is really true because, again, back to that instant gratification that was mentioned earlier on in the day, people think that because they have a business that people should buy from you or because you're creating content, people should buy from you or people should like it. But he made the point that just because I can bounce a basketball and, you know, shoot hoops doesn't mean I should be paid four billion or four million, whatever it is, per year to play basketball. It's really goes back to that quality piece. He really believes that what has made him successful and what makes other people in business successful is they actually love the game of business. And I truly believe that too, because anybody can start a business, anybody can, but you have to have this deep desire, this passion, this love, this excitement for having a business to one, get through the hard times and two, just enjoy the ride. Because as I mentioned before, it is a journey. It's not just you get to a point and that's it. Like it's a forever thing. So if you don't love it, you're soon going to probably realize it's not for you and yeah, get out of business really. From a mindset point of view, he spoke about himself and how he can struggle to articulate how he feels, which has then led to him resenting um, whether it's friends or family or his team because he's not articulating and communicating, which I really, really resonated with. I think that's so true. If you're not communicating how you truly feel, you do tend to resent whatever it is that you're frustrated about because you're not speaking on it. So I feel that's something to share with you. He also said in terms of just industries in general, he's always hearing people say, it's oversaturated, this industry is oversaturated, there's too much. And he said, it's not oversaturated, it's overcompetitive, post value. So many people post, again, from a selfish place. So 
post content that relates to your target audience, post content that is about them, not about you. Why would your business be good for somebody? What And think about how is this valuable? Why is this valuable content before you post? He said what gets him through, I guess, the hate or, you know, the negativity, whatever it might be, is having self-love. And so that sort of, if he gets a negative comment, it doesn't shake him because he just truly has that deep self-love. And I really respected and admired that, that he shared that because I think that is something to think about and for myself to remember to work on self-love because, yeah, if somebody's going to say something negative about you, it's it kind of like water off a duck's back because you know, well, that's on them and I love myself. I'm great at what I do and I am going through life being a kind person, being a good person. So whatever their negative belief and thought is, again, says more about them than it does about me. He mentioned that tenacity matters and shortcuts don't exist. And he used fitness as an example, which I loved because I have recently been, I did a post and a TikTok on this about comparing fitness and your health and losing weight with marketing. And there's no shortcuts. So I was just like, yes, you are preaching to the choir here because again, like, you know, if you're wanting to, I think he said like get a six pack, you have to go to the gym and eat well and look after yourself. You're not just going to, again, wake up with a six pack and yes, you'll probably get surgery, but like realistically, it takes time. He also mentioned that curiosity is something that has really helped him just really grow as a person and, and as a business owner because he's like, so too many people just say no straight off the back. But what about if you were more curious and actually approached it with, yeah, curiosity rather than just saying no off the back? What could open up for you? What could change? The missteps of opportunity is saying no. So a lot of people are in the business of saying no. So why not change that? And why not look at things with a new perspective and start saying yes, or even maybe, Consider maybe, you know, a lot of people were against TikTok when it started out. Some people were like, I'm never going to go on TikTok. Well, even Instagram or Facebook businesses were like, no, I'm never using that, I'm never using that. But now, look how many people are using it. It would have been the same. I mean, I was too young to remember when the internet like really took off. I think it was like, I mean, I remember still having dial-up internet. But before then, I am sure there are so many people that were like, no, 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 no. What is this internet? Never using it. It can go and get. And now everything, our whole world really revolves around the internet. So I just think it's when there's something new, a new opportunity, like it is an exciting thing. Why do we have to be so against it? And I, I think that comes back to people being comfortable. And I just think, just go for it. Like, just say yes. (laughs) He, again, touched on cutting out people that tear down your confidence, um, limit the negativity. So very much similar to what previous um, speakers were saying around just the people you surround yourself with, because I guess you are who you surround yourself with, right? He kind of left off with saying, no one is coming to find you. You have to go out to find them. And when you're too focused on money, you tend to lose your audience because you're not connecting or finding, it's just not human connection. So you're losing that that audience because, yeah, you're too hyped on the finances and financial. He did agree that, you know, again, like I said, LinkedIn, 
is like Facebook 10 years ago, which mm, don't know if I agree with that. Sorry, Gary. Maybe I'm just a little anti-LinkedIn, but it's great for B- B2B. I think that I know to be true, B2B business. If you are a B2B business, yeah, it's it's very impactful. Ad targeting. So yes, he still agrees with advertising and just yeah, doing different ways to get yourself out there. So once his kind of interview wrapped up, he then asked if people had any questions for him. So a lot of people got up and were asking him questions and it was just so cringe, so cringe. Like some people were just like bragging about their business. I mean, yes, great. There are a lot of fangirls and guys that were, it was just a cringy thing. I kind of left halfway through after a couple of questions because again, it was just not people asking dumb things. I'm not going to say there's ever a dumb question, but stuff that I've kind of maybe know the answer to already, or I just, I'd had enough by then. Yeah, it was kind of people just licking licking his butthole, <laughs> um, kissing his ass, really. So I was like, I got to go. But, I mean, again, to sum it up, overall, it was great. I'm always going to try to focus on the good things and what I can take from these days. Um, and I'm definitely going to look at doing more seminars and things like this. It's funny, I had the like the moment while I was sitting in there just thinking, okay, that's definitely a goal of mine is to be up on a stage and speaking like that, um, which is pretty major because public speaking is not easy. But I think for me, that is something I would love to do one day. So if you have an event where you want somebody to come to your your event and talk about marketing and holistic marketing and this, that, and the other, then I am looking for an opportunity. I will not say no. But anyway, that will wrap up today's episode. It was a bit longer than I had expected. I think overall it just really reiterates how mindset and business go hand in hand too. And for me, mindset and my mindset journey has really skyrocketed and I've fast-tracked it since becoming a business owner. So I think that also says a lot too. Um, But I hope that you did enjoy this episode and, yeah, it, something a bit different, but I thought I would recap on the day. And sometimes these things, when they get great speakers in, aren't always what they're cracked up to be, but I think it's always worth going to if you can afford to financially and have the time to do so, because you'll always get something out of it if you go in with the right perspective. Thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget, you can learn more about my free resources that will help you scale your business by going to my website, www.silkhyphendigital.com.au. And you can always find the links and resources mentioned in today's episode over there too. I would love for you to come say hi over on Instagram at silkdigital underscore. Thanks so much. And I'll see you in the next episode.